Part 2 of Chapter 9.2 of the 9-11 Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. The 9-11 Commission Report. Part 2 of Chapter 9.2 from 9.59 until 10.28 a.m. At 9.58 and 59 seconds, the South Tower collapsed in 10 seconds, killing all civilians and emergency personnel inside, as well as a number of individuals, both first responders and civilians, in the concourse, in the Marriott, and on neighboring streets. The building collapsed into itself, causing a ferocious windstorm and creating a massive debris cloud. The Marriott Hotel suffered significant damage as a result of the collapse of the South Tower. Civilian Response in the North Tower The 911 calls placed from most locations in the North Tower grew increasingly desperate as time went on. As late as 1028, people remained alive in some locations, including on the 92nd and 79th floors. Below the impact zone, it is likely that most civilians who were physically and emotionally capable of descending had exited the tower. The civilians who were nearing the bottom of stairwell C were assisted out of the building by NYPD, FDNY, and PAPD personnel. Others who experienced difficulty evacuating were being helped by first responders on lower floors. FDNY Response Immediate Impact of the Collapse of the South Tower The FDNY overall command post and posts in the North Tower lobby, the Marriott lobby, and the staging area on West Street south of Liberty all ceased to operate upon the collapse of the South Tower as did EMS staging areas, because of their proximity to the building. Those who had been in the North Tower lobby had no way of knowing that the South Tower had suffered a complete collapse. Chiefs who had fled from the overall command post on the west side of West Street took shelter in the underground parking garage at Number 2 World Financial Center and were not available to influence FDNY operations for the next 10 minutes or so. When the South Tower collapsed, firefighters on upper floors of the North Tower heard a violent roar and many were knocked off their feet. They saw debris coming up the stairs and observed that the power was lost and emergency lights activated. Nevertheless, those firefighters not standing near windows facing south had no way of knowing that the south tower had collapsed. Many surmised that a bomb had exploded, or that the north tower had suffered a partial collapse on its upper floors. We do not know whether the repeater channel continued to function after 9.59. Initial Evacuation Instructions and Communications the South Tower's total collapse was immediately communicated on the Manhattan Dispatch Channel by an FDNY boat on the Hudson River, but to our knowledge, no one at the site received this information because every FDNY command post had been abandoned, including the overall command post, which included the field comm van. 
despite his lack of knowledge of what had happened to the south tower a chief in the process of evacuating the north tower lobby sent out an order within a minute of the collapse command to all units in tower one evacuate the building another chief from the north tower lobby soon followed with an additional evacuation order issued on tactical one Evacuation orders did not follow the protocol for giving instructions when a building's collapse may be imminent, a protocol that includes constantly repeating Mayday, Mayday, Mayday during the 29 minutes between the fall of the South Tower and that of the North Tower. In addition, most of the evacuation instructions did not mention that the South Tower had collapsed. However, at least three firefighters heard evacuation instructions, which stated that the North Tower was in danger of imminent collapse. FDNY personnel above the ground floors of the North Tower. Within minutes, some firefighters began to hear evacuation orders over Tactical 1. At least one chief also gave the evacuation instruction on the command channel, used only by chiefs in the North Tower, which was much less crowded. At least two battalion chiefs on upper floors of the North Tower, one on the 23rd floor and one on the 35th floor, heard the evacuation instruction on the command channel and repeated it to everyone they came across. The chief on the 23rd floor apparently aggressively took charge to ensure that all firefighters on the floors in the immediate area were evacuating. The chief on the 35th floor also heard a separate radio communication stating that the South Tower had collapsed, which the chief on the 23rd floor may have heard as well. He subsequently acted with a sense of urgency, and some firefighters heard the evacuation order for the first time when he repeated it on Tactical 1. This chief also had a bullhorn and traveled to each of the stairwells and shouted the evacuation order, quote, All FDNY get the fuck out, end quote. As a result of his efforts, many firefighters who had not been in the process of evacuating began to do so. Other firefighters did not receive the evacuation transmissions for one of four reasons. First, some FDNY radios did not pick up the transmission because of the difficulties of radio communications and high-rises. Second, the numbers trying to use Tactical 1 after the South Tower collapsed may have drowned out some evacuation instructions. According to one FDNY lieutenant, who was on the 31st floor of the North Tower at the time, quote, Tactical Channel 1 just might have been so bogged down that it may have been impossible to get that order through, end quote. Third, some firefighters in the North Tower were off-duty and did not have radios. Fourth, some firefighters in the North Tower had been dispatched to the South Tower and likely were on the different tactical channel assigned to that tower. FDNY personnel in the North Tower who received the evacuation orders did not respond uniformly. Some units, including one whose officer knew that the South Tower had collapsed, either delayed or stopped their evacuation in order to assist non-ambulatory civilians. Some units whose members had become separated during the climb attempted to regroup so they could descend together. Some units began to evacuate, but, according to eyewitnesses, did not hurry. 
at least several firefighters who survived believed that they and others would have evacuated more urgently had they known of the south tower's complete collapse other firefighters continued to sit and rest on floors while other companies descended past them and reminded them that they were supposed to evacuate some firefighters were determined not to leave the building while other fdny personnel remained inside and in one case convinced others to remain with them in another case firefighters had successfully descended to the lobby where another firefighter then persuaded them to reascend in order to look for specific fdny personnel other fdny personnel did not hear the evacuation order on their radio but were advised orally to leave the building by other firefighters and police who were them themselves evacuating by 1024 approximately five fdny companies reached the bottom of stairwell b and entered the north tower lobby they stood in the lobby for more than a minute not certain what to do as no chiefs were present finally one firefighter who had earlier seen from a window that the south tower had collapsed urged that they all leave as this tower could fall as well the units then proceeded to exit onto west street while they were doing so, the North Tower began its pancake collapse, killing some of these men. Other FDNY Personnel The Marriott Hotel suffered significant damage in the collapse of the South Tower. Those in the lobby were knocked down and enveloped in the darkness of a debris cloud. Some were hurt, but could walk. Others were more severely injured, and some were trapped. Several firefighters came across a group of about 50 civilians who had been taking shelter in the restaurant and assisted them in evacuating. Up above, at the time of the South Tower's collapse, four companies were descending the stairs single file in a line of approximately 20 men. Four survived. At the time of the South Tower's collapse, two FDNY companies were either at the eastern side of the North Tower lobby near the mall concourse or actually in the mall concourse trying to reach the south tower many of these men were thrown off their feet by the collapse of the south tower they then attempted to regroup in the darkness of the debris cloud and evacuate civilians and themselves not knowing that the south tower had collapsed several of these firefighters subsequently searched the path station below the concourse unaware that the PAPD had cleared the area of all civilians by 9.19. At about 10.15, the FDNY Chief of Department and the Chief of Safety, who had returned to West Street from the parking garage, confirmed that the South Tower had collapsed. The Chief of Department issued a radio order for all units to evacuate the North Tower, repeating it about five times. He then directed that the FDNY command post be moved further north on West Street and told FDNY units in the area to proceed north on West Street toward Chambers Street. At approximately 1025, he radioed for two ladder companies to respond to the Marriott, where he was aware that both FDNY personnel and civilians were trapped. Many chiefs, including several of those who had been in the North Tower lobby, did not learn that the South Tower had collapsed until 30 minutes or more after the event. 
According to two eyewitnesses, however, one senior FTNY chief, who knew that the South Tower had collapsed, strongly expressed the opinion that the North Tower would not collapse, because, unlike the South Tower, it had not been hit on a corner. After the South Tower collapsed, some firefighters on the streets neighboring the North Tower remained where they were or came closer to the North Tower. Some of these firefighters did not know that the South Tower had collapsed, but many chose, despite that knowledge, to remain in an attempt to save additional lives. According to one such firefighter, a chief who was preparing to mount a search-and-rescue mission in the Marriott, quote, I would never think of myself as a leader of men if I had headed north on West Street after the South Tower collapsed, end quote. Just outside the North Tower on West Street, one firefighter was directing others exiting the building and telling them when no jumpers were coming down and it was safe to run out. A senior chief had grabbed an NYPD bullhorn and was urging firefighters exiting onto West Street to continue running north, well away from the World Trade Center. Three of the most senior and respected members of the FDNY were involved in attempting to rescue civilians and firefighters from the Marriott. NYPD Response A member of the NYPD Aviation Unit radioed that the South Tower had collapsed immediately after it happened and further advised that all people in the World Trade Center complex in nearby areas should be evacuated. At 10.04, NYPD Aviation reported that the top 15 stories of the North Tower, quote, were glowing red, end quote, and that they might collapse. At 10.08, a helicopter pilot warned that he did not believe the North Tower would last much longer. Immediately after the South Tower collapsed, many NYPD radio frequencies became overwhelmed with transmissions relating to injured, trapped, or missing officers. As a result, NYPD radio communications became strained on most channels. Nevertheless, they remained effective enough for the two closest NYPD mobilization points to be moved further from the World Trade Center at 10.06. Just like most firefighters, the ESU rescue teams in the North Tower had no idea that the South Tower had collapsed. However, by 10 o'clock, the ESU officer running the command post at Church and Vesey ordered the evacuation of all ESU units from the World Trade Center complex. This officer, who had observed the South Tower collapse, reported it to ESU units in the North Tower in his evacuation instruction. This instruction was clearly heard by two ESU units already in the North Tower and the other ESU unit preparing to enter the tower. The ESU team on the 31st floor found the full collapse of the South Tower so unfathomable that they radioed back to the ESU officer at the command post and asked him to repeat his communication. He reiterated his urgent message. The ESU team on the 31st floor conferred with the FDNY personnel there to ensure that they, too, knew that they had to evacuate, then proceeded down stairwell B. During the descent, they reported seeing many firefighters who were resting and did not seem to be in the process of evacuating. They further reported advising these firefighters to evacuate, but said that at times they were not acknowledged.
in the opinion of one of the ESU officers, some of these firefighters essentially refused to take orders from cops. At least one firefighter who was in the North Tower has supported that assessment, stating that he was not going to take an evacuation instruction from a cop that morning. However, another firefighter reports that ESU officers ran past him without advising him to evacuate. The ESU team on the 11th floor began descending stairwell C after receiving the evacuation order. Once near the mezzanine level where stairwell C ended, this team spread out in chain formation, stretching from several floors down to the mezzanine itself. They used their flashlights to provide a path of beacons through the darkness and debris for civilians climbing down the stairs. Eventually, when no one else appeared to be descending, the ESU team exited the North Tower and ran one at a time to World Trade Center 6, dodging those who still were jumping from the upper floors of the North Tower by acting as spotters for each other. They remained in the area, conducting additional searches for civilians. All but two of them died. After surviving the South Tower's collapse, the ESU team that had been preparing to enter the North Tower spread into chain formation and created a path for civilians who had exited from the North Tower mezzanine to evacuate the World Trade Center complex by descending the stairs on the north side of World Trade Centers 5 and 6, which led down to Vesey Street. They remained at this post until the North Tower collapsed, yet all survived. The three plainclothes NYPD officers who had made it up to the 54th floor of the North Tower felt the building shake violently at 9.59 as the South Tower collapsed, though they did not know the cause. Immediately thereafter, they were joined by three firefighters from an FDNY engine company. One of the firefighters apparently heard an evacuation order on his radio, but responded in a return radio communication, quote, we're not fucking coming out, end quote. However, the firefighters urged the police officers to descend because they lacked the protective gear and equipment to handle the increasing smoke and heat. The police officers reluctantly began descending, checking that the lower floors were clear of civilians. They proceeded down stairwell B, poking their heads into every floor and briefly looking for civilians. Other NYPD officers helping evacuees on the mezzanine level of the North Tower were enveloped in the debris cloud that resulted from the South Tower's collapse. They struggled to regroup in the darkness and to evacuate both themselves and civilians they encountered. At least one of them died in the collapse of the North Tower. At least one NYPD officer from this area managed to evacuate out toward World Trade Center 5, where he teamed up with a Port Authority police officer and acted as a spotter in advising the citizens who were still exiting when they could safely run from World Trade Center 1 to World Trade Center 5 and avoid being struck by people and debris falling from the upper floors. At the time of the collapse of the South Tower, there were numerous NYPD officers in the concourse, some of whom are believed to have died there. Those who survived struggled to evacuate themselves in darkness, assisting civilians as they exited the concourse in all directions. Port Authority Response 
the collapse of the south tower forced the evacuation of the papd command post on west and vesey compelling papd officers to move north there is no evidence that papd officers without world trade center command radios received an evacuation order by radio some of these officers in the north tower decided to evacuate either on their own or in consultation with other first responders they came across some greatly slowed their own descent in order to assist non-ambulatory civilians after ten twenty eight a m the north tower collapsed at ten twenty eight and twenty five seconds a m killing all civilians alive on upper floors an undetermined number below and scores of first responders the fdny chief of department the port authority police department superintendent and many of their senior staff were killed incredibly twelve firefighters one papd officer and three civilians who were descending stairwell b of the north tower survived its collapse on september eleventh the nation suffered the largest loss of life two thousand nine hundred seventy three on its soil as a result of hostile attack in its history the fdny suffered three hundred forty three fatalities the largest loss of life of any emergency response agency in history the papd suffered thirty seven fatalities the largest loss of life of any police force in history the nypd suffered twenty three fatalities the second largest loss of life of any police force in history exceeded only by the number of papd officers lost the same day mayor giuliani along with the police and fire commissioners and the oem director moved quickly north and established an emergency operations command post at the police academy over the coming hours weeks and months thousands of civilians and city state and federal employees devoted themselves around the clock to putting new york city back on its feet end of part two of chapter nine point two of the nine eleven commission report